Badger Five Minute Auctioneer. Going once, going twice. Sold to Robert Kraft, five hundred million dollars. A uh, football team in New England. All right. Anyway. All right. It is recording now, so I'm going to pause here. You can cut this off very easily. Joe, Joe's just an idiot. Joe's just an idiot with all that crap. It took you fucking seven episodes to figure that out. You got another thing coming, Jim. About, about five seconds into meeting you, I figured that out. So <laughs> five seconds either. Five seconds into asking you if I hit on a sixteen with a three showing or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It also took me five seconds to realize Kojak was a fucking giant. I mean, I'm sitting here. Yeah. I'm six feet tall. I'm very I'm large looking man. up at him. Like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> dude, we was, I was like, I bet Eric's short as fuck. I'm like, I don't know I why I thought that. Really I really don't. I can't. Dude, I think eight. Sh- I didn't say short there. as fuck. I said like five, seven, five, eight. That's short as fuck. That's no, very not. short. Five, for five is for short as fuck. No, for Max two, five, is short as fuck. Short. All right. We're just now we're calling it. Now we're doxing our friends in their heights. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. <laughs> That'd be a good test to see if they're listening. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll cut that shit out. All we cut <laughs> out is. Hey, hey. Cut out. All right, start this over. All right. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode seven of Breaking the Plane podcast. I'm your host, Burge, sitting here again with my co-host, Joe Sher, and our lovely producer, Paul Giant, Kojak. <laughs> Doesn't want me to use his real name here. Doesn't want me to use his real name, so we're just going to call him Kojak. My, everyone calls me that. My mom Kojak. calls me Kojak. I'm surprised you say Joe Sher. I've be never heard Joe Sher unless it's Bonnie. I don't act. I don't actually know like what his official nickname is. I've heard about six Juju. of them. It's Juju. I've heard about J-U, six of them. J-U. Yeah, J-U. Harry Judini. My mom calls like, me Joseph. Harry Judini. <laughs> I don't know why Harry Judini stuck more than Juice Wayne. Juice Wayne Dude, is that was so cooler. funny. You changed your Twitter name to Harry Judini and I was crashed. <laughs> well, you just don't do anything and then you start sending memes to the boys and you're like, hold on, who did you add? <laughs> literally, you literally. Add yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, did you fucking change your name to Harry Judini? That's awesome. That so funny. Well, well, as always, guys, we're brought to you by the lovely folks over with Primetime Productions at Primetime Prods on Twitter, primetimeproductions.net. Be sure to go out, give them, uh, give them a, a like, a follow, and peruse all their Shout content on Shout out Tommy B for the engagement. Tommy Bennett, you're the GOAT. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's an awesome guy. Host of a couple of podcasts, loves writing articles. Be sure to check his stuff out and check out everybody else there. Lots of good content for you. How you guys doing? You know, we had our first BTP meetup uh, a couple days ago. How you guys doing? How'd that go? If I wasn't up 200% at the casino, I don't know if I would have made it home. <laughs> well, I made it home and I was not up 200%, so we can just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, you could have you could have somersaulted home, brother. Yeah, yeah. Nice five-minute drive from my house. It was yeah. awesome. Ah, but it was, it was good to finally, you know, put some faces to – well, actually, I see you guys out on the recordings every week. But actually, nice to actually see you guys in person, find out, like – I might actually be the shortest one of the group. If not, I'm like <laughs> very close. And I thought I was tall myself, but you know, it was a good time. We got to meet up and hopefully we're going to get to do it again sometime soon. I know we'll talk about it later, but I got to scream across the bar about a uh, Josh Allen interception to Burge and got a good, good rise out of him. So that was nice. Boy, boy yeah. do they fucking suck. Yeah. Well, yo, we'll talk- who's there? Who's there? OC? he should come out. You're not doing anything. Come on the pod. Dog. <laughs> yeah. Ken Dorsey. Come on. Yeah, Ken Dorsey. Get the fuck on here. We're a Buffalo bashing podcast. We're a Buffalo yeah. bashing podcast. Come in yeah, and bash with on. us. <laughs> yes, dude. Imagine if we had the OC, the bills being like, yo, no, fuck Jock down. He sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'd be in heaven. Awesome. I'd be six to midnight the whole, Honestly, the whole time. Honestly, we probably have a better, we have a better shot of getting digs on the podcast talking <laughs> shit about Josh Allen than we do the old OC. <laughs> Did you see his Instagram uh, story? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know if it was real or not, but homeboy wants out. Yeah. yeah. And he's talking and to his, his brother, brother too. His brother was tweeting. Yeah, his brother was tweeting. Damn him. And, and you got to dude, you got to think, I don't know. There's no way that I would be like I'm an only child obviously, but like no. there's no way I'm letting my brother or like a good friend of mine like tweet that shit out. You know what I mean? I'd be like, yo, take they're, that down. Like, that's unprofessional. You know what I mean? Both, but that's they're both me. professional athletes. They're both professional athletes. They know what that repercussions of that is. Yo, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. No, I agree. Okay, that's the other way you can look at it, too. He definitely knows what's going on there. Same yeah. with Tra- same with Trayvon. And he's probably loopy on painkillers because of the knee, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. well, well, like Joe said, we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, as you all know, we're all very big Patriots fans here on the podcast. The state of Patriots Nation is not well right now. It is not well. We are going through the worst season that I think all of us can really remember since our, you know, adolescence, since our childhood. It's 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 been rough. So we're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the state of the Patriots and what's going on there. What we where are we going to go from there in the future? We'll also we'll also get the get to the playoff picture in both conferences. Break that down. See if uh, we think that the guys that are sitting in there right now are going to make it in, or if the the teams that are in the hunt might overlap some of them. And then as always, we'll have our lovely picks and locks for you to fade or slam. And you better uh, be slamming. You better be slamming these. Picks. We're, we've had a couple of good weeks in a row here. So be sure to stay tuned for that here later in the episode, but let's, let's get into it. Let's get into it here. I think uh, we've had some, some testy Twitter conversations here about, about what's going on with the Patriots. So, now it's going to be time to come out here and get it out here on the oh. podcast. Oh, we're talking Patriots? Hold on. <laughs> That's me yep. opening a beer. Yeah, me too. Got to get the uh, bottoms up. So we'll start off. We'll break down the game that occurred over in Frankfurt, uh, Germany on Sunday morning. Patriots over there taking on the Indianapolis Colts. <sighs> Patriots lose a game. 10 to 6. That's like a lacrosse score, a baseball score. That's not a football score. It's not. That's like a low-scoring lacrosse game. Low-scoring lacrosse game. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, you're right. High-scoring baseball game. Just an absolute dumpster fire of a game. I'm ashamed that I actually watched it. Mac Jones did not have himself a really good day. It was, I mean, you look at his numbers across the board. They don't look horrible. But if you watch the game and see it all in context as to what happened, he threw five incompletions, and those five incompletions were some of the worst throws that I think we've seen in a very long time. Gardner Minshew gave Mac Jones a lesson on how to avoid pressure in this game. An effing backup was able to avoid pressure and get out of the pocket, escape, and make throws better than Mac Jones could, who is Captain Turtle. Somebody had to drive. Captain Turtle in this game. As soon as he felt the felt the pressure, either he's tossing it off his back foot, or he's just you know tucking down and 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 you know giving up on the play. It was an absolutely pitiful performance to watch him play in this game. I thought the defense played very. I don't want to say very well, but they played well in this game. Anytime you hold an NFL team to ten points, that's that's a good performance. You've given your offense a shot to win. And I think, if I recall correctly, it was like the first or second drive of the game that Jonathan Taylor ran it into the end zone for the touchdown, and they ended up shutting him down the rest of the way. What a boring game. Joe, I'll give it to you. You can give your thoughts. 
cohere- coherent thoughts, I have few. Um, it's getting to a point where it's a it's a job, it's a chore to watch this team. Not they are my favorite team. Um, like you said, I'm gonna go down with the ship. Am I gonna be throwing fucking old ass head coaches overboard and trying to run them over? Yes, I will be, but I will still be going down with the ship. I love this team to the day I die, but holy shit, was that impossible to watch. There's not a single thing that the Patriots did well. There's not a single thing. If you take out Mac Jones's average of eight yards per scramble, which is who cares, they're averaging 4.3 yards a rush with a long of 10 yards. And then I don't even want to get started on the passing game. The whole thing with the Patriots and the whole thing with this team, how it was supposed to be predicated on, was running the ball, playing defense. They couldn't do either well enough to win the game. And then when you have your quarterback throwing the ball legitimately 12 yards short of a receiver where the open window would be, there's no way you can win this game. This team is built to win one way, and they can't win a single different way. And even the way that they're built to win, they're horrible at it. They let up 10 fucking points. They let up 10 points. In a, in, a, in a different country. These are the games that preparation and coaching in the in the Patriot way was supposed to give you a leg up on. This is a this is this is this is a team with their second with their with their backup quarterback with a running back who was off the reservation for the first four games of the season, and an unproven head coach. You go you go tw- you you fly twelve hours to Europe and you put up two field goals. You're two for three on field goals, and that's your entire offensive performance. Five sacks, six tackles for loss, 11 negative plays. That's horrible. That, te- that team might as well not even show up. I couldn't imagine being guys like Christian Gonzalez or, or Matt Judon who are rehabbing, trying to get back to play for this team. I couldn't imagine that. And now that I think about it, Jack Jones is tweeting and going crazy all the day, all, all the time in Germany. I think it was a punishment they even took him there. So you have all of this bullshit going around, on around the team. You don't take J.C. Jackson. You don't take Trent Brown. The coach is dodgy about all the fucking questions in the media. Then you do. Wait. Oh, Kayla, can you? You got to be fucking kidding me. You're good. You're good. Keep what's, going. What's going on in my Keep, in my keep going. Keep going. I can hear you. You're good. Keep going. Dude, I fucking hate this shit, dude. Fuck ESPN. You're all right, fine. I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go off on ESPN too. Fuck ESPN. Have you followed them recently on fucking Twitter? All they do is they fucking play ads and they don't load their ads on the fucking thing. So I can't even look at the fucking box score when we do this fucking podcast. Then I go on Twitter and it's like a 12 year old fucking girl is doing their fucking social media. They have no substance behind any of their writing. They have no substance behind any of their tweets. And now when I come on and do a podcast, try to throw them a bone and use them for the fucking box scores and play some bullshit fucking ad in my ears when I'm trying to do this shit. So fucking annoying. Anyway. That's happened to me a few times too. It's so aggravating, dude. So <laughs> I'm so aggravated. It's like it's like getting kicked in the balls when you're at the DMV, dude. This is the fucking words. I gotta talk about this fucking team, and now I got fucking some bullshit catnip commercial playing in my fucking ears. All right, dude. So I'm saying, dude, they have all this like stuff that's going on. They have the Jack Jones, the JC Jackson, the Trent Brown. You have the whole fucking team not believing in Mac Jones. You have the you have you have the quote unquote best football mind in the in the history of the game, taking out your starting quarterback on the last drive to give it to a backup quarterback who hasn't won, run the two-minute drill in probably months since the fucking preseason. So it's like 
there's there's so many things going wrong that like dude the quarterback sucks the coach is over the hill the coaching inf- the the drain brain and the coaching infrastructure is horrible the last three drafts have been absolute no shows besides maybe two or three guys two there's probably three guys in the last three drafts that you can keep on this team and build around and build around and I think wait all three of them are on fucking defense all three of them are on defense Ramondre it's, it's oh nah. You, can you build around a running back? You sure. do. They don't even. They had the same thing two years ago with Damian Harris. He signs for the veteran minimum in Buffalo. It's like there's no, there's no consistency. There's no consistency here with the coaching, with the, with the offensive system, with their, with their general offensive like schemes. There's not. There's no consistency there. And then when you get on the defensive side of the ball, it's riddled with nepotism. You got Bill Belichick's fucking kids with their hands all over everything. I agree right now they're decimated by injuries, but they're still they're still not as good as they need to be on that side of the ball, especially if you claim to be this mastermind defensive like guy. And if you're picking the groceries and coaching, don't you think that you picking the groceries and coaching as a defensive mastermind, defensive players would be great? And it doesn't it doesn't make any sense, dude. It does there's nothing, there's no like positives or silver line maybe pop douglas maybe the resurgence of christian barmore but it's like is are they you don't even know if they're gonna fucking play because of how petty the coach is it's just it's frustrating dude it's like i'm now getting sweaty i gotta stop wearing sweatshirts when we record record but it's unbelievable dude it's it's so aggravating it's a weird day to dump on the patriots defense though and everything they gave up 10 points they gave up 10 points they gave up under 300 yards They gave up. How do you not win a game yards. giving up ten points? I, I'm, I'm just saying, it's a weird day to be dumping on the defense, one that's decimated by injury and has all the BS going on with the cornerbacks. Still not good enough. Nothing. Not a single phase. Not a single uh, from ownership to the front office to the coaching to the players on the field to the actual plays the players are fucking running. Not a single thing is good enough. Not a single fucking thing is good enough. Not a single thing. Nothing. There's, there's. You can't even. You can't even point to a fucking position group that's performing above what it should be. You can't find a single part of the team. It's 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 mind blowing that the team is in this situation. I'm sorry, I'm going I'm going off and derailing the whole thing, but it's just so it's it's a bummer that that Christian Gonzalez got hurt because I think that that cornerback room would be one that would be kind of that over overachieving kind of place having him out there on the field. Same with Marcus Jones; they don't lose him. It's kind of the same thing. You got you got enough depth back there where I think that that group would have been one that could have been like, hey, we're going to play. We're going to be that positional group that's going to be like the best one of the entire team. I do agree with you. All the position groups right now have been either mediocre or atrocious throughout the entire season. I'm sorry. I got no problem with with them sitting down Mac Jones to go in there to, to let Zappy go out there and run that final drive. Obviously, the team is not making the playoffs there. They're obviously, I think, looking towards next year in every at facet from coaching, from ownership, from front of everywhere is looking towards next year. I wish it was Will Greer that had that shot, not Bailey Zappi, because we know what Bailey Zappi is. He blows. He's awful. All right. They, this team has no quarterback. The two quarterbacks that have been dressing every week blow. That interception that Mac Jones threw in the, uh, in we'll call it the end zone, but we'll call it like the three-yard line where he threw it. Dude, he felt the pressure there and would not stand in and take the F and hit. He stands in there and drives that ball and actually puts everything in his mechanics are correct on that throw. That's an easy touchdown. Mike Kosicki was five yards beyond his receiver. 
And the thing is, it's like, dude, the guy didn't even have the lineman beat. He just no. pushed him back into the backfield. There was still there was still an offensive yep. lineman between Mac and the defender, which makes it even more egregious, which makes what you're saying even easier to point out is because, dude, it doesn't even need to be a free runner. It doesn't even need to be a guy beating a block. It just needs to be a guy moving the pocket in a certain mm-hmm. way. And he literally turtles. You're right. It's it's awful. It was I, I saw that pass. I'm like, dude. And then as soon as they benched him for that, I'm like, that better be the end. I better not see him play another snap this year. I don't care if you I don't even care if they have to roll Bailey Zappi out there for the next eight games. That's not going to be the guy I want to see play, but I don't want to see any more Mac. If what the reports are saying and he's lost the locker room, that before this is this has been his MO this year. He's thrown he, he's driven the team down the field in these moments where they're coming back. They've been coming back a lot and they've been in position to win or at least tie a game in the last two, three minutes of the game. Every single time he makes one of these mistakes, it seems like. And it's like, dude, what the, what happened? Like, I, I, and I know like we can, we can, again, we may be even getting into this in a little bit, but like you could say it's the coaching that derailed him. You can say that he, he wasn't as billed, you know, as, as he was billed for this, for this team, which was on his intangibles and his mind. And you could, I, I, I was on a podcast I think I told you guys before, and we talked. We I was on it during the, the the 2021 draft when the Patriots took Mac Jones, and we had a debate on who who which were these five first round quarterbacks were going to be the biggest bust. All right, we were split on it. I was a Trey Lance. I was on the Trey Lance bandwagon, and the other two guys were on Mac Jones that he was going to be the bust. And let's be honest, those two are the two worst ones right now out of the entire class. Zach I would Wilson, rather have Mac. Jo- I would rather have Mac Jones than Justin Fields. I see. I don't know about that. I in a I good like, situation. In a good situation, you'd rather have Mac Jones. Maybe, yeah. Because again, if you if were the 49ers, you'd rather have Mac Jones. Okay, that's fair. But that's a, that's a, that's a team that plays anybody in their system and they have success. Agreed. That's why Mac Jones would be good. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we can agree with that. But I just like, I think. I, but no, you're very dude. You're you're completely right. What you say is is his mistake. The thing about Mac Jones is the mistakes aren't cumulative right it's not like he's making a lot of mistakes it's not like he has the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes but the mistakes he does make are backbreaking taking sacks deep in the red zone to, to force to force field goals instead of instead of uh it's instead of touchdowns that's an automatic 3.4 point swing you're throwing interceptions when you're driving to go score the winning points of the games that's happened multiple times you're throwing backbreaking interceptions when half-time. you're deep in your territory early in the yeah in, at halftime early in the game to to go down 14 nothing instead of seven nothing and as patriots fans and people who watch this team religiously we know that as soon as it's dude Sometimes when another team kicks a field goal to go up three nothing, I'm like, it's fucking over. It's fucking over, and it, it's it it stinks because like the first drive of the game, dude, they were running the ball down the Colts' throat, running it down their throat, running it down their throat, running it down their throat. They get to a sh- third and short, deep in the red zone. Mac takes a sack, and now it's like, all right, Mac gets the blame. I understand. Shouldn't you can't take a fucking sack there? You can't take mm-hmm. a sack. You got to at least try to make a play. We're two and we're at the time you're two and seven. You got to make a play. But on second thought, it's like, how much culpability do you give to the fucking guy who? puts the play in dude you you're running the ball dude you're averaging even though like averaging 4.1 yards a carry like our reference at the beginning that's that's not like that's good right that's 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 standard you want to get close to five like over four and a half five is where you want to be well, but four dude, and a half that, four and a half gets you ahead of the chains exactly so like you you're at the beginning of that drive dude you have uh, beginning of that drive you have zeke and uh, Ramondre Stevenson 
absolutely gashing the Colts. You get down to third and three in the fucking red zone and you run the ball. I mean, you don't run the ball. Dude, even even you could talk me into that being a four-down situation, which makes you running the ball even a more of a fucking better option, dude. You run the ball, power run, two times in a row. You're going to get fucking three yards after you're mm-hmm. busting off five, six yards of carry earlier in the drive. It's just Mac is definitely culpable in his demise. I don't think he's the guy. I don't think he ever has been. I think it was a little bit of fool's gold. But – it's 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 almost like you keep. I, don't, I think you would be harder to find a quarterback that would succeed in the system than you think. I don't think there's a single quarterback in the league right now, outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes, that excuse me that can make this work. Maybe Joe Burrow, but like we're talking generational talents. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not talking. We're not talking top five guys. We're not talking top ten guys. We're talking generational talents would be needed to make this 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 team work. Which which gives credence to the last twenty years of it being way more about Tom than Bill. Well, I'll, I'll just say this, and I, I haven't seen the like the all twenty two footage or anything, but I've noticed a lot of times that Mac is killing the play that's called at the line of scrimmage, and once he does that, he plays either a sack or a run into the uh, into the line. So like he's clearly not reading right, and and in this game there was one particular one where he killed it, and I can't remember if it was the run where he got the guy got stuffed or if it was where he took a sack or he was forced to make a bad throw. But Bill O'Brien was lighting him up on the sidelines. I'm sure you guys saw that all over Twitter, but he was lighting him up kind of like it maybe it reminded me of when Bill O'Brien was lighting up Tom Brady that one time back in 2010 with, with uh, I think it was Tyquan Underwood in the end zone, Brady overthrew him and they were bickering back and forth. And, you know, it's, it's, it, Bill O'Brien is a competent coach. He's proven himself in the college ranks, and he's proven himself at the NFL level. Yeah, he hasn't made it to a Super Bowl, but what he did with some of those Houston teams before Deshaun Watson showed up was pretty pretty good with, like, TJ Yates and Case Keenum as his quarterback getting to the playoffs. So, like, I, I, I'd be curious to see, looking at, like, the, the footage, how many of those bad sacks or those bad run plays that were there were back checking out of the play that was called. Because we've seen Mac have have his issues with the coaching over the last couple of years. You see his facial expressions, his body language. You've seen that 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 negative energy that he brings, and obviously not liking what's being called in. And when he goes and makes a decision to change it, it falls on its face. So again, I don't have any. I haven't seen it, so I can't really point to anything in particular other than that one incident. But it's just one of those things, dude. Like I'm sick and tired of watching this dude. I'm sick and tired of yeah. watching him. I don't care who the next guy is that they put in there. I don't care. You want to see Malik? I'll see Malik. I will see Malik Cunningham over Bailey Zappi and Mac Jones all oh, day. But- why, dude? You have you have Malik Cunningham. You sign him to a contract. You release him, and then you put him back on the practice squad. He's been practicing exclusively as a wide receiver. Why don't you start Greer? Have Bailey Zappi as a backup. Dress Malik Cunningham as a wide receiver, and have a sub package just like the fucking Saints do for Taysom Hill. It's like it's like. Why do we like? I feel like sometimes we're it's like some shit so obvious with the team that like they're almost like purposely going the other way. Well, don't you want them to be purposely going the other way right now? They're oh, two and eight Mac, from Mac, yes, but not from the obvious consent of opinion. They're two and eight right now, so you kind of want them to lose at this point. They're not making. They're obviously not going to make the playoffs. Even if they went out, they're not making the playoffs. And, let's and be that's honest why I want them to keep Bill. You keep Bill, you keep Mac, or you keep Bill and you keep this quarterback situation, and you're gonna get a top three pick, dude. They, if they fired Bill right now, they're still gonna get the top three pick. Are you kidding me? They fire Bill oh, right yeah. now. You fire Bill right now, and you, let's just say they promote Mayo for the interim head coach. 
Robert Kraft is telling him, don't do anything to try to win these games. But I think that does that, more, that'd be yeah. stupid. I, that'd be stupid. No, I told I agree. I agree with that. Unless, I, I no longer want if, if when we were two and two, two and three, two and four, when the season is fucking salvageable, and uh, that gives that I think that is more of a time to fire Bill than now is. You've already fucking made your bed. You got to fucking lay in it, bro. And like, hopefully you can get like, hopefully you can get like two or three more wins, so he can go on to his next team and fucking break the record and retire when he wants to, so he can get the fuck out of my face. Because I'm so fucking done with it. It's it's team, it's team, 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 team. How many times did I say it? Twenty two, twenty three years yet? Team, 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 team. Twenty two years in a row, and then as soon as fucking Brady leaves, and as soon as Bill needs a fucking record, it's all about Bill. It's it's so fucking dumb, dude. It's it's I I don't have any like eloquent way to speak about it anymore because of like how like emotionally involved I've been with this team, and it's always been good. So like I've been like set like set up and set up for like oh oh, and it's like oh we're just gonna win, we're just gonna win every fucking time the last the Boy, first eighteen years. Yes, dude, you dude. You go down 14, you score one fucking touchdown. You score one touchdown, and you look at Tom Brady on the screen, you're like, you know what? You look at Bill, mm-hmm. Bill with his little fucking golf pencil and his little fucking pizza pen, you're like, you know what, bro? They're fucked. They're not taking us seriously enough. Like, we're going to fuck. We're going to come back, and we're going to fucking win this game. Even even down 28-3, to three, as soon as they fucking scored that, uh, they started kicking field goal. Uh, they missed the extra point, and the machination still matched up. I was like, we still fucking got this. We still fucking got this. Now, now, it took it – took a year and a half of Mac Jones for that feeling to go away. And now every time that the other team scores first, I know we're going to lose. It's been a, it's been a, it's been a, a hard and fast fall. You know, I, I, I really want to see what Will Greer has. I've been saying this for like a, like a month now. I want to see what, what he has. He had that performance in the preseason where was with like, Dallas, he a big game. Yeah. He had a really big game. And he was a guy that was coming out of college that I think was linked with the Patriots in the draft. I don't remember when he was drafted, but it was one of those one of those years. I think post Brady. I think it was twenty. What I mean, might even been the Mac Jones draft where he was one of those guys that was taken later. I can't remember what year he was drafted. If you can find no, out, Levis was this year. Levin, Levis was this year. I'm talking Will Greer. Greer. Oh, um, Greer. Will Greer. Will <laughs> Levis. Whatever. But I want to see, like, what, what's the arm at this point? Like, you know, go out there. He's been with the team for now 10 weeks, 11 weeks. They're coming off a bye week now. They're going into the bye week this week. Let's see what. The, let's see if, he, if you got anything there. I know he's older. I want to say, excuse me. I want to say he was 28. I want to say he's 28. But let's see if there's anything there, like, that you can, like, maybe build towards next year. Like, see if you can find something. If I'm Bill... And I'm kind of like feeling the heat. Obviously, he's feeling the heat, and he might lose his job. I think that he, if you, if let let me throw a hypothetical at you, Joe. If the Patriots start Will Greer the rest of the year, and they go, how many games they got left? Eight, seven, seven, seven games left, and they go. You to do math. Five and two, with Will Greer as a starter. I personally think that's enough to save Bill's job for, and, and to end all the the stuff and have some a little bit of optimism going into next year, regardless of Will Greer's the quarterback next year or not. So they're seven and ten. Yeah, they finished seven and ten, and they win a game. Let's say. Let's say they beat. Let's see. Let's say. Let's say they beat Kansas City. They they find a way to beat Kansas City because Bill is all that defense has always had a way to. Uh, Dude, if we go if we go five and two and we don't score above twenty four fucking points, I'm out. But you, you, the whole DNA, the whole thing has to change. You can't win games 
10 to 6 anymore. You have to outscore the other team. So if they put Will Thanks, Green Madden. And he's and he's yeah, I know. I should be in the league. I know. The different headset, I'd be on the sideline. But <laughs> You, you need to win games a different way. So if they're winning games by Will Greer managing the game, running for 200 yards and winning 14-7, to 7, fucking 13-6, I'm out on that. But if somehow Will Greer gets in and they're starting to win games 35-34, if they're winning games 31-28, if he's fucking taking them out of a two-score deficit, I think about keeping him. And the only reason would be is because then that would mean that there has been some philosophical change that couldn't happen with Mac Jones. If they're trying to make that philosophical change with Mac Jones, it, to be honest, it doesn't look like it. But I think in the back of their head, they know Mac's limitations. So they're trying not to get embarrassed, which I totally fucking agree. So I totally agree with that. Just like what happened with the Cowboys. They kind of exposed the kid and he got embarrassed. So I, I think they're kind of safeguarding against that with the way they're playing these games. They're trying to run the ball more and obviously they're not effectively, but they're trying to keep the score down and they're trying to keep themselves in the game because they know that they don't have the horses. If they figure out that they do have the horses, if you put Greer in at, quarter, uh, at quarterback, that's a different story. I, I still don't know about keeping Bill. It's some it, – it, it would you know, where, you know where I stand on it. You know where I stand. I know on you're going to keep Bill regardless, dude. But you, I mean, you've got to take GM powers from him. You have to. But oh, I mean, if you go five and two down the stretch, if you go five and two down the stretch with Will Greer and you're winning games and shootouts and and like the the team, the offense looks legitimately different. The team looks bought in. Then we can talk. But if you're if you're going five and two by letting up fucking seventy five points in the last seven games, like I don't want kind of anything to do with that. I no. want. I want the Patriots to be a modern NFL team. That's what I want. I, I, I want that too. I do. And you're never going to get an argument from me about the GM stuff. If Bill doesn't want to accept a reduced role and to just be head coach and oversee defense, like, and work with his, even, even if he's working with his kids on the defense, but I want his mind on the defense. And he, they can bring in somebody other than Bill O'Brien, some new mind, or even if it's one of his guys that's kind of that modern, that has that that new edge kind of kind of vibe with him, and let the dude run the offense. Bill, stay the hell away. Trust me, just trust me to do my job. I'm all in on that. That is my in my opinion, a, a front office in that kind of setup with Bill as a head coach, and him with his hands in the defense. That is a perfect scenario for me. And I think that's the perfect scenario for the Patriots going forward. Because, again, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Like, how many of these head coaches that people that, that, are, that are hired end up getting fired within two years because their teams just flop? I mean, like, Bill probably gets fired in 01 if uh, Mo Lewis doesn't decapitate Drew Bloodso. I don't know if it happens that fast. I don't he know was if it happened. 11 the year before, and they were on the verge of being. They were 0 and 2 on the verge of being 0 and 3. I, I still, I still don't think it happens that fast. But that's a problem with the league. Like you, you, you can hire some upstart, you know, and if you don't get what you, what, what you, you hope out of it, you're going to end up with it with a serious problem, and you're going to end up going through a coaching carousel, kind of the same way that you're going to end up going through the, the, the quarterback carousel. Why you, you know, you're going to team teams in the first round. You could say. You could be all like, all hyped up for Drake Drake May or or, or was it Bo Nix or Clay, Caleb Williams, dude. Odds are, one of, two of those three are going to underperform based on the expectations of being drafted where they're drafted. Cool, do it again. 
that's what it's going to be. It's it's a constant carousel. It's a carousel. To cool. Do it again. That one keep guy. doing it. Keep doing it until you find the next Tom Brady. Keep doing it. Keep doing it until you find Patrick Mahomes. Until you get the number one pick. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. That could take that's, a decade. I don't, give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. It's been half a decade and we fucking suck, dog. Like, it's been half a decade of doing it this years. way. I'm done. Three years? Dude, Tom Brady left and Tom Brady's last year was 2019. It's been 2021. To, yeah, it's been 2020, 2021. No, it's been four years. Okay, this is the fourth four year. year. Fourth year. This is the fourth year. That's still not half a decade. You need to check your math skills out, dude. Uh, if you round up, it gets to five because we're halfway through. You round down. Four season. And then if you carry the one, I'm still right because they need to get rid of Bill. <laughs> um no but like if you no but you dude you make a good point if you uh, the the thing that i'm scared of is that bill has already had a like bill has already had a modified role so like the thing i'm scared of is if like if bill already had a modified role and it's gone downhill even faster then the problem goes farther than just removing bill from the front office i think you need to revamp the front office as well so if the if the taking bill away as the gm comes along with adding some new brain trust into the gm role into the decision making room then i'm okay with that i'm okay with that yeah because the guys that are in there now are 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 his cronies mac Rowe is the son of al grow who was his buddy he coached i don't want anybody who think who's who bill belichick taught how to pick players to pick players that's I think that's my thing. That's fair. Bring back Ernie Adams. That guy could find him. That guy could find him. Throughout the course of the dynasty, he can was we finding let him those guys. Remote or something? Like, can we? I don't know. How, how about to, Dante Scarnecchia and bring him back too? Maybe he can fix the offense. Dude, but line. these guys are like a hundred, bro. We need to find that. That's the I'm thing. That's you. I think that's a big. That's a big thing, dude. That's a big fucking thing. Have you noticed how far the the in game management has slipped since Ernie Adams has gone? His whole job was to sit up in the press box and be an advisor as to how to manage the game. You might want to go for two here. You might want to think about going for it. All right, we're in four down territory. And it's like that takes a whole separate thing. So instead of the the coaches needing to decide that and then pick the play or pick the scenario, you know what I mean? They already know, all right, we're thinking about going into four down territory here. This changes our entire offensive script for this drive. This changes our whole uh, entire uh, play calling scheme for this for this set of downs. So, I think you need to find. I think I think this offseason, whether even though it's kind of crazy to think about, there's two things that you got to bolster. One is the coaching staff and the decision makers. You have to bolster. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't have a fucking plan. I'm not here to have a fucking plan. I have a fucking podcast. I'm here to bitch. So, Kraft, you're a titan <laughs> of industry. John, Bob, Kraft. You guys are titans of industry. You've done the right thing many times. Time over time, you've done the right thing. Do it again. Make sure wow. Bill knows that he needs to acquiesce, that he needs to change. And the second thing you need to do is you need to invest on the both offensive and defensive sides of the ball. That's how Philly did it, and that's how the Lions did it. They invested on both sides of the ball, and then they found their quarterback. So you need to – there's, 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 there's – there, it's not dead. It's it's not a dead. The team this year is dead, but the future isn't dead. They're gonna have a top five pick. A lot they of cap space. A, they have a shitload of fucking cash space. They even though we bitch about the even though we bitch about the draft, there is a couple bright spots of young players on the roster, and I think that if you, there needs to be change. But I don't. I think you can find a happy medium between fire sale and standing pat. 
So there needs to be change made and hopefully changing the quarterback and changing the dynamic of the quarterback and the coach is like enough to make that change. But I I mean, I I'm coming off the scorched earth shit a little bit, but it's still in, I would still, a part of me would love being like, all right, everybody named Belichick is out. O'Brien's out. We're not hiring Mayo. We're not hiring Vrabel. We're going to get Houston's OC. That's fucking popping off with CJ, uh, with CJ Stroud. And we're going to draft Caleb Williams with the number one overall pick. And we're just going to fucking go for it. We go 0 17, two years in a row fucks up. Who gives a fuck? We have another number one overall pick in our cream and a pick of the crop of the next, of the next uh, head coaches. So I, I think that, even though it's not the NBA, you still need to get bad enough to get good. That's, that's, I mean, you got to think the Patriots haven't picked, I think ahead of what the pick was 15, the highest that they've picked in the last like decade. Well, they trade, they think they traded up for Hightower. They traded up for Mayo. They've they traded, traded up. up I'm talking, I'm talking about yeah. their pick, their pick. Their pick. Oh yeah. Their pick. I mean, they've traded up from the twenties into the top 12, yeah. but I don't think they've ever had a pick higher than 15. I think, I mean, dude, high- we're looking, dude, we're looking at a top five. I think I think the highest pick that they've had in the last twenty years was a traded pick, and I think it was Gerard Mayo, and I want to say he was taken at like eight. I think it was eight or nine, and that was freaking 13, 14 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's been that long. So I just had. Well, we need to fuck up there. But yeah, I'm just gonna say threw my computer out the window. (laughs) I'm I'm just gonna say like with in regards to Bill, and I'm gonna say it right now. I want him here but I want him here on the terms that we've just laid out when I just laid out for the terms. I don't want the status quo. I don't want Billy O'Brien back. I mean, I, I I'd be okay with him coming back, but again, I want him to have full control of his offense. I want him picking and a new quarterback and a new, and quarterback. a new quarterback, obviously a new quarterback, but what I'm going to say with the, I'm, I'm talking coaching here. I'm talking the coaching. I want bill back. Part of it is my bias. Part of it is my nostalgia. Part of me is I want him to finish here. But yada yada yada, all that. I want the reduced. I want him out of the GM role. I don't want him to have any hand in the drafting. No drafting. Get him out. I want him as my CEO type role of the head coach, with his hands in the defense. His kid can stay. Mayo can stay. Coaches can stay. Fine. I want a new offensive coordinator, ideally, one that's versed in the modern game. Picking his staff, picking his position coaches, having a significant amount of input with the front office in terms of who they're going to sign and who they're going to draft. I want the special teams coordinator Cam Accord fired. I've been calling for that for two plus years now. Into the sun. That dude sucks. That dude sucks. So bad, bro. I wish I wish they fired him and gave Joe Judge that that position coach back because when he was here as a special teams coordinator, he they they one of the best units in the league. I know you didn't. I know you didn't mind the call, but selling out on that goal line, I didn't on mind that it. goal line punt, dude. You don't have anybody, dude. You have to think it, dude. You're not gonna, you're not gonna block the punt with eleven guys. If but you're gonna, gonna hope, but you're 10. gonna hope, dude. Just fucking catch the punt at the forty and take the fucking easy three points, dude. You can't. You all right? I guess there's two schools of thinking. You need to make a play to actually get a touchdown, but like you're cutting off. Imagine your if they had blocked it, though. We'd be having a completely different conversation if they, they actually did, blocked bro. it. They did, bro. They didn't. I know. They I, didn't. I know they didn't. It wasn't a high enough percentage play to make that dumb enough of a call. They sold out for it. They, it's the first time we've seen them do it. It's the first time we've seen them do it. They sold out. They tried to make a play. It didn't work. And the punt, the punt got a very, very, very favorable bounce for the Colts. Right? Got a very favorable roll. That doesn't always happen. So they sold out. They played the percentages, however you want to look at it. 
They sold out for it. I didn't have a problem with it. But that coordinator, dude, he's so yeah. bad. He's so bad. And I, you could blame Bill for the bad special teams, but like I'll blame Bill for leaving that guy in that position, dude. He underqualified when it came when he came in. It's been, dude. I hate that dude. That dude is so bad. He's. I feel so bad for Matthew Slater having to play under that guy for his last season. I feel so bad for him. I feel dude deserve better. So from period. Getting back to Bill, if he is not willing to accept any of those terms, I'm in your camp. It's time. Bye-bye. And if it is time, bye-bye, I want a complete – I want the fire sale on the coaching staff. I want the fire sale. I want everybody gone. I want the new guy in, the new, whoever the new head coach decide to hire, I want him to pick everybody. I want none of these guys to say. Mayo can go. Obviously, Bill's kids go. Like, Troy Brown goes. I, it's, as much as it sucks, like, he hasn't been a very good position. He's not coach. as good of a coach as he is a player. It sucks. It's it's too bad. And, like, I don't want to – I'm not going to sit here and trash on the dude because he was an amazing player. I just don't think that he was he, – he was qualified for the role. I just don't think he's lived up to what he needed to be. But, again, if Bill's not here, I want a complete I – I want, I, want, I want the front office and I want the coaching staff completely emptied. This is the time to completely start it over if you're going to get rid of the head coach. But that's not that's not that's not what I want. I agree. But all right, I'm just uh, I just looked up some uh, since we talked about we threw that uh, free agency number in there. I think not, I think something uh, an easy position you can spend on and make a difference would be wide receiver, dude. Listen Obviously. to this, bro. Look at listen to this free agent class. These are uh, these are unrestricted free agents next year. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., Gabe Davis, Calvin Ridley, Marquise Brown. Uh, Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, you could bring back T Higgins, Curtis Samuel, OBJ, DJ Chark. <laughs> like, dude, I, I, a couple of the others at the end, I kind of threw in there to make Who, who are the first couple like, you listed there? Who are the first couple? Mike, Mike Edmonds, uh, Mike Evans. Oh, I want Pittman, Pittman Jr. I want Pittman. I want, Pitt, I want Pittman Jr. Bad. I'd pay 20 million. I'd pay. He's, he's probably my number one choice, dude. I've loved him since he was drafted. Him or I would take him or Ridley. I think Ridley would be a good player in this offense. He's a, You're going to see. You're going to see a lot of those names though get re-signed before free agency, franchise tagged, all that, all that jazz. So that list will shrink. But yes, I agree 100 percent with you with that. That's the position that they can hire. They can go out and they can spend money. Get one guy. I'm okay, bringing Kendrick Bourne back if it's at a reduced number coming off the ACL. Do you think? Uh, do you think uh, the deal that they just gave uh, Jonathan Taylor will have any effect on them trying to keep Michael Pittman? Maybe because they're going to have to. They're going to have to look at their Richard situation. Then. They're gonna have to pay Richard. Well, he's got the fifth year option, so he's got four years. So they're gonna have yeah. to pay him in four years. So that's kind of far out. But oh, they got a couple of defensive guys to play. They have that linebacker that just leads the league in tackles every year. They have. Um, They've Quentin had some Nelson. emergence too of some of their other receivers, so it might give yeah. them pause. So Mike that's Evans true. would be an interesting one. Mike Evans would be an interesting one to bring in as a veteran. He's obviously older, but he's been very, very effective down in Tampa, and I think he's having a pretty good year this year with Baker Mayfield. So. He's he's an interesting guy. I don't think that the the Buccaneers he's a good really shitty quarterback wide receiver too. Like <laughs> if you're yeah yeah James Winston, like, Tom Brady, you know. Well, I mean, dude, they won a Super Bowl with Tom. Brady. I know, but like, dude, I this know. dude is going. This dude's having like fucking ten straight thousand yard seasons within. You got fucking Jameis Winston thrown in there. You know, Mike Glennon and shit. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. I don't know. I, I think Mike Evans, if it's not if you're not committing a bunch of guaranteed money for him to him, and you can kind of just get him on like a a short, moderately moderately priced deal, because um, I think he's a great shitty quarterback wide receiver. 
Shy of 800 yards, six touchdowns. Who? Mike Mike Evans. He's having a really good year. He's just shy of 800. Already, we're we're 10 weeks into the season. So, yeah. Dude, he is 700. His average catch is 17 yards. Dude, he's only played nine games, too. He has the most yards out of this free agent class, and he's played a game less than everybody. Yep. So, my last point I want to make about the Patriots before we decide to to, to move this along to uh, talking about the playoff picture in the NFL here. I'm sure a lot of people listening to us are probably sick of us bitching about the Patriots. Get used to it, because it's going to continue on this podcast for the rest of the season until things get better. We're spoiled Patriots fans, so we are going to bitch. I know we give Bill a lot of the blame for lowballing these wide receivers and these free agent targets when like we'll use DeAndre Hopkins as an example this year. Obviously they lowballed him. He went and signed with Tennessee. How much of the blame do you give to the owner not willing to give out the guaranteed money? See, that was one of my that was one of my bullet points. I'm glad you brought this up. I think that this all starts from the top. Like you need to open up your checkbook and that includes the coaching staff. You need to open up your checkbook and pay people who aren't being paid by other organizations, fair market value. And you need to go and you need to real cash spend. I understand. We spend to the cap every year. Yeah, Bill, I don't give a fuck. Cap is crap. Just real cash spending. Give out Mm -hmm. some fucking money. I want to see some fucking spending. I know we did it. I know we did it a couple years ago, but dude, we didn't, I think that, I think that we there was like five free agents that year and only three in no seven free agents that year and four of them are still here or something like that. Something yeah, crazy born, like born Henry, ha- born Henry, Judon. That might be it. At, born Henry and Judon are still here. And then it was like Aguilar, Johnny Smith. Um, Jalen Mills, oh, no, Jalen Mills, no, Jalen Mills is still here, but still on the offensive side of the ball, you're at a 50% hit rate on the fucking open market. You got it. You got to raise that up. I think that there's not a lot of there's not a lot of tight end help on the open market next year, so you might have they don't to make need a it. trade. They might have to make it if Hunter Henry doesn't want to resign. They might have to put. They might have to go make a trade because him, Gasicki, and Farrell Brown are all unrestricted free agents. So that's your mm-hmm. entire room. Um, dude, Hunter Henry is only 27, which I didn't fucking know. That's interesting. I, yeah. I I'll be honest. I think if Bill if Bill gets fired, he's he's gonna leave. Because Hunter Henry is like a he, he I I don't know if you remember before he signed here like him and Bill had he's twenty eight like, twenty eight but still yeah, that's still young forever. that's still yeah. young but for a tight end for sure they produce up into their late thirties I feel like or mid thirties yeah and for, for for me talking about this like there's definitely some dysfunction and some maybe some disagreement as to where the money is going I think Robert Kraft is a fan first he was a season ticket holder before he bought the team thirty years ago I'm a little perplexed as to why he's not willing to give the guaranteed money. And I, I have a hard time thinking that he would let Bill lowball these receivers when his team needs help because of guaranteed money. Like I, I'd love to know the inner workings of it and how their budget works and everything. But like, obviously we know Bill is, is, is handsomely paid. And I wonder if Kraft is just like, here's your budget for the, for the football operation, for coaches, for players, everything. I've wondered that for a while. I think, and if Bill's getting a handsome salary, and he's, you know, they they paid Josh McDaniels a lot of money to, you know, get him to give up that Indianapolis Colts job a few years back. Mayo, Mayo, they paid him a lot of money enough exactly. to not take but, head coaching interviews. And then you take the other side of it when Patricia was here, and when Joe Judge is here, they're being paid by the Detroit Lions and the and the New York Giants respectively. So they're paying, they're getting paid nothing. 
pennies on the dollar for, for what they're, you know, what they're getting. So I'd love to know it, but I, 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 I side with you. I think Kraft is, is, is mismanaging this completely. And I don't want to, I'm, and I'm, I'm not trying to absolve Bill for the bad signings and the low bond because he has a hand in it as the GM, you have the hand in it to make the decisions. But I wonder, and I'm very, very curious if we, if we ever get the chance to find out the inner workings of it, how much of it I, falls on craft. I almost want to go 50, 50. I almost want to go 50, 50 on it right now. I agree. Because I agree. Well, it's his team, dude. He owns it, the team, bro. He could, he could tell Bill to do whatever the hell he wants. And if Bill doesn't like exactly. it, he gets screwed. Exactly. So, but anyways, well, that's I it. think, I think it, yeah, I, no, I'm Final not, thoughts. I Final I thoughts. I done, bitch. Um, I just think it's, 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 it's a thing like, um, wow. what? That was aggressive. Uh, yeah. Have you, <laughs> have you met me? Yeah. Um, yes. Once, <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah. Closing thoughts would be, um, I think, uh, craft, I think it starts at the top. I think crafts is a very, very smart businessman. Um, I think in business, a lot comes with hedging. I think you hedge your bets in business. You try to make sure that you're not too leveraged in one position. To make sure you don't lose your shirt. It's a very common theme in the uh, business world, but I don't think it works in sports in the same way it does in the uh, in the business world. Mm-hmm. I think clean breaks and um, I think clean breaks and 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 putting your foot in the ground and going in a direction with full force is more should be more of a priority than it is in the business world. I think being able to pivot and being able to do the right thing in the business world is obviously something that smaller companies, not large companies like you would consider the Patriots can do. But I think that we're at a point now where Kraft's decisions and this offseason are going to have a massive bearing on the success of the team going forward. Absolutely. And, you know, my final thought, Bob Kraft is in a little bit of a uh, position that he hasn't been in in 23 years. So Put himself there, though. I, I won't disagree. They're definitely a uh, there's definitely a situation where he's going to have to make a tough decision one way or the other, one way or the other with the head coach. They've been married for 23 years and. I'm a little nervous and I, and I ho- want to hope that. Jonathan has a say in this because he's ultimately the next guy that's going to be the owner of the franchise, and I hope that he makes the correct decision for the team going forward. With that said, I think we can end the Patriots talk this week. You're going to get a lot of it with us for the next Bob eight Kraft, weeks. come on the pod. Oh, let's go, Robert. Let's go, Bobby. Get on the You can land the road. helicopter right on the roof of my apartment, brother. Dude, you can crush my house. I don't care. You can do it. Get on this pod because I know you're good for it. I can sue you, and I know you're going to buy me a better house. Uh... <laughs> let's, let's, let's move on. Let's move on to the rest of the league. We have a lot to talk about here. We're going to talk about the playoff picture now. So I'll just go down the quick breakdown here. The AFC currently, Chiefs are the number one seed at 7-2. and two. Ravens, 7-3. and three. Jaguars, 6-3. and three. Dolphins are 6-3. and three. That's your division leaders right there. The Steelers, the Browns. Stellars. And, of course, the, the, the biggest surprise here, the Houston Texans in the seven hole at 5-4. and four. Can you repeat to me what I said three episodes ago that you laughed at me? Can you repeat that to me, please? I don't remember. You should be wanting to be the Houston Texans. Thank you. Period. End of paragraph. Did I really laugh at that? 
Yeah, dude, you were you were like, I can't believe you're you were I said the Patriots fans should be jealous of the Houston Texans, and you were like, no, like blah blah blah. But that's when they were kind of well, playing like ass. I was wrong. I I would I'll be the first to admit right here, I was wrong. You were right about the Lions, though. You'll get there. Uh, yeah, I'll get there. I love what the Texans are doing. We'll get into that in a minute. The teams that are on the outside looking in currently, a couple of surprises here. One of them I'm very happy about. The Cincinnati Bengals are 5-4 and four on the outside looking in. That's a surprise for me, obviously. Maybe a little bit not because of how their slow start. I think they're going to get their, their shit together and get in there. Maybe into a wild card. I don't know if they're going to have enough to catch the division, but that's there. The Colts are 5-5. Five and five. And you fuckers up in Buffalo are five and five on the outside looking in. You guys suck. The NFC side of things. I don't know. I'm gonna touch on that game real quick. Or well, you I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give the whole okay. picture, and then I'll then we'll go touch on it. The NFC Eagles are eight and one, a team that has found a way to win games, but hasn't always looked the, the same as last year. But they're eight and one, so you can't you can't really knock them. My Detroit Lions are seven and two in the two seed. Let's go, Dan Campbell. 49ers six and three, another team that I'm in on here. The Saints are five and five, that dumpster fire division down there. The Seahawks are six and three, Cowboys six and three, Vikings six and four in the seven hole. The outside looking in, there's a little bit less less uh, intrigue here, but you got the Bucks, the Commanders, and the Falcons all have four wins. Yeah, there's no way I was putting the fucking Bears in there. I'm not even going to go down the rest of that the rest of that list you laid out there yeah. because I think that's all dumpster. I mean, the AFC you can you can talk about the Raiders at five and five. Maybe they make a run with their their interim head coach Antonio Pierce here, and then you got the Jet- Chargers and the Jets at four and five each. Well, let's let's. Talk I mean, about- I got more confidence in the Jets making the playoffs than I do in a lot of those teams in front of them, like the Raiders, the Chargers, the Colts, <laughs> the Bills, the Bills. It's not getting nuts, dude. Oh, I'm going to get nuts. They still have the best quarterback. Out of wait, that. wait, wait till we get to our picks. Wait till we get okay. to our picks. Wait till we get to our picks, right. man. No, that, but that nuts. Bills game, that Bills game should shake your confidence as a Bills fan. That should shake your confidence as a Bills fan. It should. Ab- absolutely. This game was occurring while we were all having fun at the uh, the gambling spot on Monday night. That was one of the best finishes I've seen. I died laughing. There was a guy guy sitting at the bar at the casino when this kick happened because you guys had already left. There was a guy sitting there. We watched the first kick, and I'm like, oh, he missed it. And this guy's freaking out that he missed it. And then you see the flag come out, and you see the ref do the whole – Oh, too many men on the field. 12 yeah. men on the field on the defense. And, dude, the kicker fucking drilled the next kick. He drilled yeah. it. Drilled it right down the middle. The best part about this whole thing, it happened in Buffalo. It happened oh, yeah. up in Orchard Park for all those – Trash bag Buffalo Bill fans. I'd like to jump through tables. Dude, best result. Josh Allen is an absolute turnover machine. Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator, was fired on Monday. Dude, he fell on the sword for Josh Allen. He fell on the sword for Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a turnover machine over the last three years. Yeah, he's had he's had a couple of like you want to call them MVP type performances. I don't think he was ever really like there to be MVP might have been in like a top three role based on the voting but in my eyes my smart gifted educated football mind was never there I hate that dude he may be a good guy but I hate him as a football player I feel that way about a lot of a lot of players but anytime I watch dude I'm at the point now where like yeah I'm rooting for my Detroit Lions we'll get to that in a minute 
I don't care who wins the Super Bowl as long as it's not the Buffalo Bills, man. I don't care. It could be Casey repeating. And as much as it pains me to say that, because I don't want to see that, I'd take that over watching Buffalo win one because their fans, man, piss me off. Joe, what were your thoughts about that? Uh, I've never been a huge believer in Buffalo. Uh, obviously, it's rooted in. That's my, why we're boys. Uh, That's why we're boys. Yeah. <laughs> it's obviously rooted in my like um, in my uh, in my New England fandom. But I mean, they ran the ball for like almost two hundred yards, but like twenty five percent of that came on one play. Like Latavius Murray like drops the ball, picks it back up again, runs for a touchdown. I didn't wait to watch this game. I had to kind of like piece it together through highlights and the uh, and a little bit of all twenty two. But it's almost like Josh Allen feels like he has to gain 25 yards on every play. Like it's almost like he's playing in the CFL. Where Hero ball. Three, yeah, it's like it's 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 three downs to get 20 yards. Like it doesn't make it it doesn't make a lot of sense. Some of the um some of the some of the decisions he makes, and that's why I think that like you need he's the type of person that needs that day ball like alpha attitude in the room. Like I think. I low-key think that Bill O'Brien from the Patriots would be a good fit with Josh Allen because it's 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 a it's I don't want to call it an alpha in the room because I fucking hate that term. But like you need to call him person. out. Yeah, exactly. You need a strong personality that's gonna hold him accountable. And I think Dayball was that exact person. I don't think he has the personality to be a head coach just based on the like I said it last week, of the unbelievable sound bites and video clips that we get out of Dayball every week. But to truth be told, he kept Josh in check. And I think that he's going unchecked right now. And I think that you got you got your wide receiver's brother tweeting. You got OCs being fired. You guys are 500 more than halfway through the season. You guys are on the outside looking in. And lost to a couple and, of bad teams, too. You lost to the fucking Patriots. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. awesome, dude. I wish we went 1-16. and 16 and we just, Or I wish we went – I wish we went – no, I wish we had four and thirteen and went two and zero against the Jets and the Bills. That's what I honestly hope. That's what I wish. I, that's what I wish happened. But I don't, I never get what I want. So that's no, neither here nor there. Still but alive, dude, dude. He is. I'm trying to look for him on the. Uh, I just saw him. I just saw him. I just seen him. He's fourth in the NFL in passing yards, and he has eleven interceptions. Nobody in the top eighteen has more than ten. The next person with ten uh, on this list is Mac Jones. 19th in passing yards has 10 interceptions. Jordan Love, 20th in passing yards has 10 interceptions too. It's, I don't know. It's it's uh it's jarring to look at. It's jarring to look at him in in his turnovers and like how far he's come since like the last couple seasons where he's been an MVP candidate. It's, I don't know. I it, he's tough to put a he's tough to put a an actual like definitive like description on because of like how athletically gifted he is and how special he is as an athlete but sometimes the athlete just doesn't match up with the brain dude sometimes that's just how it is and then you get yeah. other people like tom brady who runs a 5 9 40 and can win seven super bowls it's, yeah. it's crazy how hard the quarterback position is absolutely and i want to i want to make this point josh allen was really nothing until stefan diggs showed up in buffalo stefan diggs showed up in buffalo he had his number one target and that's when the the vaunted wannabe dynasty in Buffalo started, you know, where they were winning divisions and going deep in the playoffs and, and all that. And I think that that marriage is about to come to an end after this season. I know we talked about it a little bit before we got on recording here, but Stefan Diggs clearly is not happy in, in Buffalo. Um, 
his brother, Trayvon down in Dallas, te- texting, you know, putting on a tweet saying that he's got to get out of there. Stefan's got to get out of there. I, I think the Instagram post that we saw, the story might have been a fake, but like if it if it is real, I haven't been able to verify it. But if it is real, like he's saying, like I gotta get out of here, you know, it sucks, you know. He only had three. Oh, I thought you were talking about. Wait, did you hear what he's what 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 other thing he said was is when he his conversation with Josh Allen on the bench. Go. So he fuck. What did he? I I can't remember. So I'm like hyperbolizing here, but like. He said, can you throw me the ball? And he said, go put on a Broncos jersey. That's what it said. <laughs> I, I, I don't believe that that's real. I, I have a hard time believing that's real. If it is, Josh Allen's either way too hyper self-aware of him throwing all the interceptions or the funniest fucking dude ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny as fuck, dude. Yeah. Whoever made that up, too, good job. Yeah, yeah. Laugh. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you but- made that up, come on the pod. You, exactly. Yeah, we we'll get, we'll get you out here. We want to we want to talk to you, Dolph Cleveland. Come on the pod. <laughs> oh, that that dude is the one that tweeted it. Oh, no, man. he was just. I saw him. No, whatever. I keep getting. I keep getting I, all of these weird and like JPA football, ML football, like all of them. Like they just bought Twitter's Elon. I, Twitter's yeah. Elon. They bought Elon's Twitter, so yeah. they get to just be an authoritative force on the internet. Anyway, this the Bills kind of suck, bro. Dude, they're I mean, a bad they're, good team. They're a very bad good team. They're decimated by injuries on the defensive side. I don't want to rule that. I don't want to. I don't want to forget about that. They've lost a lot of their players. You know, like uh, I think Matt Milano's out. I think Tre'Davious White is out again. That dude's always hurt. He's always hurt. Great corner, but he's always hurt. The Buffalo Bills have yet to really surround Josh Allen with a competent running game, and I think. I mean, I know that they had. They had a good day in this game against Denver, but Denver's really a bad team. So I don't want to put stock in it. James Cook has shown flashes. They still only ran the ball 26 times. And if you take away, you know, Josh Allen's fourth, 22 times in a game, like that's for the, for for what they need and the balance that that team needs. It's not enough. It's not enough for them to be successful. And, you know, Stefan Diggs obviously is, the goat, the the alpha receiver there, only getting three receptions on five targets for thirty four yards. Gabe Davis is the number two there, only had two receptions. He had six targets, but only had two receptions. Yeah, he had he had some yard yards there. He had a thirty eight yard reception, kind of skewed the numbers. Yeah, he's but such like, a boomer busket. He's such a yeah, boomer. yeah. And you know they got the tight ends too. Dalton Kincaid. I think Dawson Knox is also is a guy that's injured. So another guy that's been effective with Josh Allen over the past few years, not there, but. There's really no excuse for the way that they lost this game. And I'm going to touch on this now. If you want to talk about bad coaching, this game for Sean McDermott might have cost him his job. They just fired the OC to try to save, you know, save face a little bit, I think. Ken Dorsey had his problems. But, again, like I said when we started talking about this, he fell on the sword for Josh Allen. Sean McDermott's calling the defense this year. Leslie Frazier took the year off for whatever reason. I forget. There might have been a family or personal reason there, but he's not there. That, you know, he was the Bills defenses over the past few years have been really good. This year they're not. And right now it's falling all on Sean McDermott. And I have been saying this for four years now. You guys didn't know me, but I've been saying this for four years. That dude is a fucking puppet. He's a puppet. That's all he is. He's he's riding the coattails of that offense with Brian Dayball and Josh Allen the last few years deep into the playoffs but let's be real when it has really come push come to shove for this for this team 
they've had their problems. Obviously, we saw what happened Monday night. Inexcusable 12 man on the field. Obviously, it was a quick play where the Denver offense ran off the field. They brought out the kicker. Dude, you unit. want to talk about coaching? What a dumbass fucking approach. Dude, why did you kneel the ball on third down? They don't want to give Mike it. And I you know. have a minute to get your fucking team on the field. I know. But it if worked. they didn't do that, they wouldn't have won the game. It worked. It worked. Well, he might have not have missed the kick if you didn't have to rush him out there at the first Fair. Game. Fair. But he Absolutely. did miss an – did he miss an extra point or a short – He missed an extra point. He missed extra an extra point. point. So that dude's a fucking idiot anyway. So regardless, yep. I don't know why. So he misses an extra point, and then you rush him onto the fucking field to win the game. That's dumb as hell. That's dumb as hell. And you know what? It worked, though, because – Denver clearly wasn't ready on the defensive special team side of the ball here, and they left the guy on the field. And defense, the, that falls on the head coach. That falls on the defensive coordinator to like get his guys off the field. Somebody stayed out that shouldn't have stayed out. And lo and behold, he misses the kick, five yard penalty. And that's one. The good thing about that is that's one of those calls that happened that you can't argue. There's, oh, there's yeah. no judgment. There's oh, no yeah. judgment. You, got, you, you got can't say it was a ticky tack. Yeah. Well, been on the field. That's easy. That's yeah. an easy penalty every time. And then the kicker drills it. Great fashion. But let's not forget the 13-second fail for John McDermott back in the playoffs against Kansas City. Massive fail to not kick that ball out of the or kick that ball short. So Kansas City had to, you know, run the ball and he'll climb off the clock. It's another coaching problem. Dude's a puppet. Dude needs to go. He's not a he's not he's not a really good head coach. And I hope I hope Daybug gets out of the Giants. I hope they give him a shot. I'd be stunned think, if they fire him. That would be a real problem if with with me if the Giants fire him. That's a that's a topic for another day. But that's what you think. All right, but, let's get a little bit. I want to dig a little bit more into this playoff structure. Go here. ahead. You go. I think the fact I think the the Texans being in and the Bengals and Bills being out is such a good thing for the league. I think that I don't want to say for the league. Let's say for the parity aspect at least. Mm-hmm. I think uh I think rewarding the Texas with a playoff bid after they hit on their quarterback and they kind of like build it the right way. I mean, dude, all of their good players are drafted. They don't have a single free agent that's drafted. All their wide receivers, who do they have? They have one. They have one older wide receiver. His name is escaping me right now. What is his name? What is his name? He was undrafted. He had played. He played shitty in college. He played for the played for the Cowboys and then. Um. Now he's on. Dude, this would be great if for the producer could just look up the roster real quick. Um. Anyway, but they have like Tank Dell, Nico Collins. They have um. They have Damian Pierce, C.J. Stroud. Dude, their whole entire team is drafted. Dalton Schultz, tight end. No, he's a wide receiver, bro. He played for da- He played for Dallas. Now so Dalton playing- Schultz. Yeah, he's a wide receiver though. You missed that. Okay, part. keep going. I'll find. Yeah, you. I'm. I'm dumb as hell. But uh, I just I just feel like the Texans have done it the right way. I really hope they get fucking rewarded with a uh, – I hope they get rewarded with a playoff bid. I think they fucking deserve it. And I think that, like I said before, I wish that the Patriots were the um, – I wish the Patriots were the Houston Texans right now. They did it right. I wish that um, – I can't Noah find Brown. Noah, Noah Brown. Noah Brown. There we go. Undraft, I think he was undrafted or a seventh-round pick out of college. Was shitty as fuck in college. Was shitty as fuck with the Cowboys. And then finally got a finally got a shot with the um, with the uh, with the uh, the Texans here. He had 153 yards two weeks ago and 172 yards last week on six and eight targets. Like this dude's pretty fucking good. 
Um, but yeah, I think the Texans are doing it the right way. I really hope they get rewarded with the bid to the playoffs. I think a team that's in the same vein as that on the other side is the Lions. I want the Lions to win the fucking Super Bowl. Me too. I, wanna, I want them to roll that old bitch forward out onto the field with the fucking Super Bowl try. I want her to look like Sister Jean with the fucking trophy in her hands, dude. Like, I want Dan Campbell to take a bite out of Roger Goodell's kneecap Let's on the see Super it. Bowl winning yes. platform, dude. Like, I want to see crazy shit go down. Like, a Texans-Lions Super Bowl would have the worst ratings ever, but I would be naked covered in Crisco on my couch, dude. That would I be said so it last night. Fun. I said it last night at my hockey game. I want the Texans and I want the Lions in the Super Bowl because I will, I will literally watch that game and not give a rat's ass who wins because I'm going to be happy. There's going to be a great story no matter who wins that game. 100% with st- you. I also want to pivot off that real quick, and I want to give uh, a shout-out to a couple teams. I want to give a shout-out to the Ravens and the Chiefs. I don't like you guys. I don't like you at all. I love oof. Lamar Jackson. I love, I, love, I love Patrick Mahomes. But the way that they've been able to sustain success better than other teams with really good quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar's, Lamar's really good. He's not the best quarterback in the league. He's not a – He's a generational athlete. He's not a generational mm-hmm. quarterback. He's a very, very good quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is obviously a fucking unicorn. But I've seen unicorns like Aaron Rodgers not have the success that that Patrick Mahomes has. And I think it's a testament to Andy Reid knowing exactly what he's good at, like coaching offense and calling plays, and knowing exactly what he's not good at, coaching defense and picking players. And I think it's a really good marriage of people trying to make it work. I think. Patrick Mahomes, didn't he restructure his contract to give more cap space back? Like he's actively, he's actively trying to help the team. You have Andy Reid, who's I think coming into his own as a coach. I know he's old and it's kind of a weird thing to say, but I think these last five years, like some of the shit that you used to get on him for with the Eagles, it was his clock management, was his game management. And I think that's been cleaned up a little bit. Does he have a little help in the booth like the Patriots did for all of those years with Ernie Adams? Maybe. But I think that Giving throwing them a bone right now. They're winning games in different ways. Like I said last week, they're winning games on defense now. I think Patrick Mahomes has realized a little bit that all he has to do is make the right play every time instead of trying to make a big play every time. And that's kind of how the team's set up right now. And with the Ravens, I know they got off to a little bit of a shitty start, but I think that them leading into dude, they they draft a running back every year that goes off for 150 yards in a fucking game. Mm-hmm. Every fucking year, dude. Yep. Every year. I hope this Mitchell kid stays healthy, but like they, it's another thing. Like, dude, they they did it the right way, dude. All of the besides OBJ, dude, all of their good players are drafted, dude. Their whole team, and and like I said before, like the like the Lions and like the uh, I forget the other team, but like the Lions and the Eagles, Houston. you yeah. need a you need a bill, not not Houston, but I'm no, saying with, with with the both sides of the ball thing, like you need to you need a bill from the the inside out, and I think that's exactly what Baltimore has done. They're like, dude, we have a run heavy quarterback. We need to keep the score down, which means we need to have a good pass rush and we need to have a good running game. And they have an excellent uh, offensive and defensive line. And I think it's so disheartening as a Patriots fan and having a rookie quarterback that I don't. No matter how, what you think about him. You still, there's no argument to be made that he's been in a put put in a position to succeed his second and third year in the league. There's no argument to be made there. So I think that seeing these teams like do like be creative and like kind of like form their teams to their situation. It's like, dude, 
the the Chiefs could have went out this year and got OBJ and like got DeAndre Hopkins and like went about it that way. But then in their heart of hearts, they probably looked at it. They're like, dude, we've had a couple of good drafts on defense the last couple of years. Let's get some competent pass catchers in the let's get some competent pass catchers in the draft. Let's stock the backfield with Mahomes. We have, they have a bunch of pass catching backs. They have a they have a couple backs that can get you two three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah, not a lot that might break you a home run, but just enough to get it done. And then they have a good competent defense where they know that they don't have to score forty every night. Like that's a, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a conscious decision by that team to pick a direction and go with it. And that's the thing is they picked a direction and went with it. They went all in on this direction. They bolstered their defense. They made sure Mahomes had young pass catchers that he could coach up. They made sure that Travis Kelce was paid and would stayed stayed there after they got rid of Tyreek Hill. They invested at the running back position with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco. They invested at the wide receiver position with multiple wide receiver picks over the last couple of years. They might not all hit, but they see that they're they have some kind of strategy that they're mm-hmm. trying to execute. It's not just a who's the best deal and it doesn't matter if it fits or not. Sure. Sure. So real quick, before we move on to our picks for this week, my question for you out of the set, out of the 14 teams that are in the playoff picture as of today, which team outside looking in, do you think has the best shot to get in and which, and obviously that will correspond with which team that is going to miss. And I'm going to start here. My, I believe that the Cincinnati Bagels will crawl their way back into the playoff picture as a wild card, and I have the Cleveland Browns falling out, of, falling out of the AFC wild, uh, wild card picture, just based on the injuries and based on what I think about the Cincinnati Bengals as a whole as a team. Joe, what do you think? I, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad I started thinking AFC and NFC instead of just picking that one because mm-hmm. that's the easy one that comes to your mind, mm-hmm. right? They lose to Sean Watson. I think that was today that fucking came out, right? Yeah, it did. Yep. Uh, today. Well, Yesterday, as we're releasing the day after, <laughs> I think as much as it fucking sucks to say, and I, I want to pick, <laughs> I want to pick the Seahawks wicked bad, but I don't know if the Vikings can sustain this. Once mm-hmm. you kind of have a quarterback's number and the scheme isn't too deep because he just got there, it's going to be a little tough. And the team that I like coming out of there, dude, I fucking said this at the beginning of the season as a dark horse. I don't like the Bucks, Commanders, Falcons, or Packers. I think the Rams got a shot, bro. I think the Rams got a shot. Bold. I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't give a fuck. That. I think Goff is hurt. They're, like, cycling through quarterbacks. McVay- Stafford's hurt. Stafford's oh, hurt. Stafford's hurt. Stafford's hurt. McVay's pants are getting a little tighter. But I don't know. I don't know. Dude, they're three, like games, they're, they're three games out of a spot right now. There's fucking seven games left. If I had to give another team that has like a way better shot, obviously the Bucks are the eighth seed. I think Baker Mayfield has Moxie in him. I think that I think that offense has a lot of talent. So I don't know if they can keep marinating that offense and marinating that system and Baker Mayfield uh, Baker Mayfield sauce to kind of like push them over the top. But yeah, I I think the Vikings are a clear one there. It's just tough. It's just like the Browns. It's tough losing your quarterback. I know mm-hmm. that they've. I think they've won two in a row with Josh Dobbs, but. Um, it seems, it feels to me as if uh, that could be something that comes back crashing down to earth very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's move into our picks here. This is uh, the, the Joe segment where he takes the lead. So everybody, bear with me. Put your put, put your car in park. Put your seatbelt on, even though you're not moving because it's about to get weird. Um, so after this, uh, so this last week we had a very good week. Um, Burge went two and one. He had Atlanta minus one, which is his only only loss. Tampa Bay minus one, which was a win. 
And then his lock was San Francisco minus three. Obviously, that hit as well. Uh, I had a really good week. Uh, second time going 3-0, two out of three weeks. Uh, I had Carolina plus four, which I thought was a loss for the longest time because I had it mm-hmm. marked down wrong. And then halfway through the day, I freaked the fuck out, which was nice. There's not, there is nothing better than thinking you lost a bet and then going onto your gambling app and seeing money in your bankroll. That. That gets that gets the Chris, that gets the Crisco out of the can for me. Um, Pittsburgh minus three. Um, I don't know what it is about Pittsburgh. I love betting on that fucking team, even if it's against them. Um, and then Detroit was my lock minus two and a half. That was a win. What a fucking crazy end to that game. Mm-hmm. Um, who the Staley? Joe Staley. What a fucking idiot that guy is. Yeah, that guy's a fucking idiot. And then um, Kojak picks. Oh, Kojak didn't have a pick last week. So Shame. <laughs> so we ended up going five and one that puts us at uh 21 15 and one for the season we are eight and three on our locks almost a 800 percent uh 80 percent clip on our locks Let's so go. uh fading's fun but slamming's even better mm. uh i'll just roll right into my picks for this week uh we spent this whole podcast doing tricks on the Houston Texans penis. We were doing tricks on it. I was doing tricks on it. I'm going to fade them this week. Give me Arizona plus five in Houston. Houston is 0-4 in the last four games they've been favored. That's going back a little bit because how fucking bad they are. But they're 0-4 in the last four games they've been favored. Uh, another team that I'm picking to fade the other team uh, is Minnesota plus two and a half. I just talked a bunch of shit about Minnesota saying they're going to fall out of the fucking playoffs. But now I'm going to hedge that take with taking them this week. So I think they obviously they can lose this game outright and still win. I think that uh, the team is playing hard for Josh Dobbs. So I feel like that gets you close in this game. I think that if you took the quarterbacks out of this, I think Minnesota would be favored on neutral site. I think Russell Wilson's playing the last couple weeks is inflating this line. So uh, give me Minnesota. Plus two and a half in Denver. Hard place to play, I know. And then uh, my lock of the week. <laughs> I don't I don't love this pick. This is one of those times where you kind of look up everything to like persuade you away from picking the pick. And every time you look up something, you're like, oh, fuck, that actually gives more credence to the pick I hate. So my lock of the week is going to be KC minus two and a half with Philly coming to town. And I looked up a bunch of stats about former Super Bowl rematches. And I got a three and two number. We went a little farther. Shout out Stat Muse. You guys were wrong about a couple Tatum Tatum stats recently. Jason Tatum stats. But this one you you nailed. So Super Bowl winners are, are three and two against Super Bowl losers the following year. So if you're following me, that means that the Super Bowl rematch happens the next year. So Philly's playing KC, and the Super Bowl winner is three and two in those matchups. But if they play after Week Nine, the Super Bowl winner is three and zero. That's enough of a sample size to get me fully invested in the Chiefs minus two and a half this week. Bears, what do you got for me? I'll preface this by saying that we had two picks that were going to be the same before we got on here, and we might have had a little differing opinion. So we'll see how it all plays out when. Uh, when when, uh, when Sunday rolls, Sunday Monday rolls around, that's going to be a great Monday Night Football game between the Chiefs and the uh, the uh, the Chiefs and the in the uh, Eagles. I'm looking forward to that one. But I had I also I had a I had a tough time 
this week making my picks too. There were a couple of numbers that were I was a little eh about. I mean, there's, a, there's a lot of really big numbers on the board. Big like a numbers. Nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just to just to kind of tout some before I get into get into my picks here. You got Vegas getting thirteen and a half. You know, in Miami, you got uh, Carolina getting ten and a half against Dallas, and you got the Buccaneers you got the getting, Pats getting nine and a half against the yeah. bye. Yeah. <laughs> Buccaneers getting 12 in San Francisco. So some big numbers in this week. So I was trying to stay away from as, as much as I could, but at the end of the day, I ended up going with, with, with some of the big ones. So my first pick, screw you, Buffalo. I think that your team sucks. I think you're in, in a lot of chaos up there in Orchard Park. I'm taking the Jets plus seven, plus the points here. The Jets, Jets have found ways to, to win games this year. That I will be no betting Jets money line, just so everybody knows. Shout Let's out Charlotte Van Hill. How's Austin, Texas? How you doing? I am betting. I am Let's go. slamming the Jets money line, dude. Let's I think go. the Jets are going to win this fucking game. They always play Buffalo hard. I wanted to take yep. this. Seven is such a big number. It scared me. Ah. I'll be honest. It scared me. But I'm wrong. Because if they lose, but if they lose by ten, and it's like it's like twenty-seven seventeen, but it's like a tough, it's like a close game. That's going to be a bad beat or a yep. tough loss. It's not a bad beat, but a tough loss. Tough loss. Yep. But I, 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 I'd feel confident in the Jets money line too. But we we pick spreads here. We pick spreads here on on the BTB podcast. So they're my first pick. I hate Buffalo. I think that that team is in disarray. The offense is going to look different next week and might not be as functional as you'd hope. So give me the Jets plus seven. I'm riding my Detroit Lions. Chicago's a bad team this year. They're playing Chicago. I'm taking Detroit minus the eight. I think that Detroit, they did, did play a close one against the Chargers, but they put up a ton of points. I don't have faith in the Justin Fields-led Chicago Bears to keep pace with them. And I'm going to continue my Detroit Lions love on this podcast. Detroit minus eight. My lock of the week, the team that finds a way to win when they have no business winning. And that is the Pittsburgh Steelers getting plus one on the road in Cleveland. Cleveland lost their quarterback for the year. I know that Cleveland has had a couple of good games with P.J. Walker tossing the ball around, but not enough to scare me away. Pittsburgh finds a way to win these games no matter how bleak, how bleak the outlook is. They find a way to win it. Plus the point, I'll, I'll take them all day. That's my lock of the week, Pittsburgh plus one. Kind of love that. I hate the Steelers. Shout out my boy Pat Sage. Big big Steelers fan. Talk a lot of crap to him, but I'm going with his boys this week. We are a pro Pat Sage in an anti Pittsburgh Steeler podcast, just to get that straight. Let's go. Let's go. Go, Jack. Hit me. Hey, how are you, pal? So, uh, Keaton Mitchell running back for the uh, Ravens. Um, thank you, pal. Um, had a Baltimore huge- Ravens. Had a huge game last game. Um, I like the anytime touchdown at plus 210 for my boy over there. Love it. Oh, good number, dude. Good number. All they do is fucking run the ball. And he's had a couple of really good games. He's one of those guys. You look at him running, I'm like, damn, he's going fast. You know some of those guys? Like Tyreek Hill is one of those guys. Like the little you are and the faster you're going is like, like you watch Usain Bolt run, you're like, oh, that's a fat, that's a fast guy. He's running fast. He's the fastest dude in the world. He's the fastest mm-hmm. dude in the world. But you're like, oh, he's a fast guy. He's running next to fast guys. Tyreek Hill, 
Like his little, his legs yeah. going nuts. Like I find that like way he just looks so fast. And same thing with Mitchell from the the Ravens. He just looks so goddamn fast. Like mm-hmm. Lamar doesn't look fast. He's super fast. But his like he's so smooth and so like graceful, and his legs are long as hell. And he's like taking one step every five yards. But they, I don't know. He just get Mitchell. Just seems like he's just like running at hundred miles an hour every time I see him. Love it. Love it. All right. I think uh, we're at time here. Guys, got any final thoughts before we plug this thing up for the night? Plug it up. <laughs> no, I just uh, – I think I think we're in a good place as a, as a football-watching podcast, though. I think we got a lot of – a lot of a, a really, really big game this week. We got uh, Philly Eagles, uh, uh, Philly and, uh, and KC. I think we have a lot of interesting storylines to talk about, including how big of a dumpster fire the Pats are. But as always – this has turned into a gambling podcast. We're white fucking hot, so you better be slamming the boys. I want to see bet slips. I want to see screenshotted bet slips in my mentions by Friday afternoon. Friday afternoon, I want. I will be reimbursing nobody, but I want to see them bet slips. Hell yeah. Go, Jack. Any final thoughts? No, I'm good, brother. Go, Keaton Mitchell. Let's go. Go, dogs. All right. So I'll just do that. We'll, we'll, we'll plug this thing up for the night. If you guys like hockey, check out the two pet stack podcast that I'm on here at two pet stack on the socials, add it in there. Give us a follow. If you like hockey, if you like going to games, you go, go on SeatGeek. We got a code there. Number two pad P A D stack S T A C K pod. Get $20 off your first order. So be sure to uh, check that out. If you want to go to a football game, you want to go to a Patriots game, save 20 bucks to see a bad team. Use that code. It's basically free. Exactly. It should be. It should be. But as always, we are on the uh, Twitter at BTP underscore podcast underscore. I'm on there at Burge the Goalie. Joe Sure is at the underscore Juicy Jew. And Kojak. Notice I'm not using your full name here. Kojak. He'll use it took it you seven second. episodes. Is on. Hold on let him use twi- it in a second. I'm going to use Hold it right on. now. Yeah. Is at. Allen under uh, Allen thirteen Brennan on Sick. Twitter. So thanks again here for tuning in, listening to us bitch about oh. Patriots. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We almost went a full week without it. Oh my god! I, it's gonna be a weekly thing, I think. If you're still listening at this point, yeah. tweet me the number forty-seven, and I'll cash app you five bucks. Hell yeah, love it. Thanks again. We'll catch you guys next week. Have a good week, boys. Thanks, guys. Love you.